1: Notre Dame fans, welcome to a special edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. My name is Brian Driscoll, as you can see right there. Joined today by Ryan Roberts, our recruiting director at irishbreakdown.com. And we are here today to cover the pending commitment of Preston Zinter to somebody, whether it's going to be Notre Dame, Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State. it has got a very impressive offer list, Ryan. Uh, He is Mm -hmm. going to make his decision known today. And uh we're gonna have a lot to say about it one way or the other. If he picks Notre Dame, we'll discuss why. We, yep. you know, we'll discuss the backstory, how he fits all those kind of things. And if he doesn't pick Notre Dame, we'll talk about kind of what's next at linebacker. So we'll have all those things. This is an interesting one because he was kind of on the radar. He was a guy the staff liked. He was a guy that they had offered a, a while ago. I mean, they offered him back in the fall, I believe. If mm-hmm. and you know, he, he was just one of several guys, and they're obviously offered a – I mean, Ryan, they went through a stretch where it's like you were doing a new offer story every day, it seemed, you know. And li- linebacker, too, you know. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and then he visits for the January 29th date, and, and for whatever reason, like so something happened during that time that when mm-hmm. he left that, Notre Dame had immediately said, okay, we're not taking this kid, and that's the kid we want. So clearly right. – he showed up bigger than they thought or longer than the last time they saw him or something changed. You know, they had a chance to really dive into the junior film and mm-hmm. realize like, look, this is a kid that, that, that we want. And they pushed for him. Now, you know, right. well, obviously we'll, we'll see kind of, you know, what decision he makes, but it is interesting to see kind of how that, that changed because it looked like they were going to be real patient with a linebacker and then after that, Notre Dame was kind of like, "We're gonna ramp it up." Because it, it, it. What also comes out is, you know, Phil Pachadi, who I know the staff likes a lot. Somebody mm-hmm. down there said, you know, the staff cooled on Phil Pachadi. No, they didn't. This is more about them heating up on Press and Zinter. Now, right? Obviously, how things go today is going to determine what's going on. And I thought we would already have the decision by now, but <laughs> technical difficulty. See, it's not just us. It's not so just where me we live in t- technical difficulties, but. It it, this this one this one heated up real quick, right? It did. No, it, it escalated
2: very quickly. I know you know people kept asking, like, who's the next potential commit, right? And we were kind of putting some names out there and you know, the last time I talked to Preston, it was kind of like, you know, oh, I'm going to take my time with this because he was mm-hmm. last time we spoke a couple weeks ago. He it was ve- it was at the point where he was just like, man, like I, last two weeks, I've had 20 schools come in and out, in and out of Central Catholic. Mm-hmm. He felt a little overwhelmed. Obviously, he was he was getting ready for the junior day visit. He went on the junior day visit that went fantastic. And like you said, for whatever reason, at that point, it was kind of like, okay, this is this is the guy for Notre Dame that they're going to make a big push and we'll see if if they can finish it off here but it's a really interesting conversation too Brian. I know we'll get more into like the position stuff if he does decide to come to Notre Dame and where he would fit there but I mean just from a recruiting standpoint this is a young man that's been recruited as a tight end by some programs on defense at linebacker and I wouldn't be surprised if some schools maybe even kick the tires with him playing you know, weak side defensive end. Like I think that right, he can do with that because he, do, cause he yeah. does that for his school already. They play like a right. three, four system where he's basically, you know, an on ball linebacker a ton. So, I mean, you could project him to so many different spots. And I think that's the fascinating thing about his recruitment is that there was a lot of schools that had different perspectives on him, different mm-hmm. projections for him and had maybe different outlooks for what he could be for their school, which I think right. makes it interesting.
3: A run. It's only for the fans. After
2: all, it's only pressure. You got this, Adidas.
1: Uh, kind of a different topic that kind of fits him is is the one thing that's unique about him and about what we've seen from recruiting at Notre Dame for several years now. And this is something that Brian Kelly. Was into that, I think, has really ramped up in recent years, especially this past year with Marcus Freeman. Is a lot of the kids mm-hmm. that played for Notre Dame that Notre Dame recruited on defense last year were two way players. Right. You know, you look at Jalen Sneed played quarterback, and and you look at mm-hmm. Josh Burnham played quarterback. Nolan Ziegler played receiver. Uh, mm-hmm. You look at Benjamin Morrison was a two way player. Jaden Mickey was not because he comes from an area where it's just you don't have as many of the just the two way guys. Jaden Bellamy was a two way player, and yeah. obviously, uh, Obviously it's a situation where um this is a kid that that fits that mold, right? This is just a, a football player, right? And that's kind of what yeah. Notre Dame is looking for. And and um you know, he kind of fits that mold. So it that part of it kind of understands because like you said, it's not just about hey, he plays two ways, but this is a kid that could play could play both sides of the ball in college to some degree. Yeah. Now I think defense is where his best position is. Um sure. uh, but there's to me there's there's no doubt that his he could help at that other position in my opinion right
2: well and i i think that the um the flexibility from even the recruit in the 2023 class of the commits that Notre Dame has so far, you talk about, you know, Drake Bowen's obviously not going to play running back on the next level, but he's a damn good high school running back. Right.
3: Mm-hmm. And right.
2: Cooper, Cooper Flanagan, who we just broke down was playing defensive end and tight end for De La Salle. So right. I, think, right. I think, I think it kind of extends to the sense of when you're the best athlete or wherever you are, you excel at everything. That's why I always love yeah. multi-sport athletes. You know, they're always kind of the best of what they do.
1: We were getting into an era that I didn't like, to be completely honest with you, of more and more specialists. Mm
3: -hmm. And
1: I I don't love that. I I really don't. I think it's important to have guys that that play football because I think there's things that you learn. And, you know, we're seeing more and more of that from them. So. Mm
2: Yeah, I mean, you put in a couple names in the chat, I think, earlier, right? Like, I mean, Notre Dame has still had Stephon Tuitt and Jerry Tillery. Yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's else still in pretty there. good, yeah. You
1: know? yeah, I mean, yeah. Jerry Tillery's the first-run NFL draft pick. You know, I mean, uh, he's committed to Notre Dame. Uh, for whatever reason, the stream was not working, but you could hear the audio. So he did commit to Notre Dame, Preston Zinter. Has committed to the University of Notre Dame. He is now a commitment. Ryan, go ahead and talk about Preston Zinter's game.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, like I was kind of illustrating before we started, he so in the system that he plays, he plays in a three-four where they put him at a, as an outside linebacker and they let him rush the rush rush a lot. They play him in space a ton for Notre and he's also recruited heavily as a tight end on the other side of the ball by a few programs for Notre Dame. They like him as a Mike linebacker. And even possibly, maybe a will, um, potentially. But they like him at Mike because they think that he brings a lot of physicality. He has the length, he's six foot three. He looks like he has pretty good arm length. He is a good athlete overall. And he's, you know, again, he's one of those guys that can kind of do a bunch of different things. And when I talk to his coach, Chuck Apolopoulos, who has been there for 38 years, and we'll have an article about kind of that conversation with coach uh, here pretty soon. He talked a lot about not only the character of the young man, but just the fact that he thinks that he can do so much on the next level. Like I I was talking to him about, you know, uh, Notre Dame likes him at Mike, likes him potentially at Will as well. And he's like, yeah, he can play defensive end, he can play tight end, like he can do a little bit of everything. So Notre Dame does like him at Mike because he brings that physicality, brings that length, good athlete, um, and then maybe potentially Will depending on how everything shakes out. So. He is a very talented football player. I'm excited to get him uh, for Notre Dame to get him a part of this class with Drake Bowen because I think when we talk about that fit, I think that those guys fit really well together as well. So um, good, good get
1: for Notre Dame. I'm just impressed that you could say that coach's name that easily. I mean, That's- that just kind of rolled off like, I mean, wow, that was, impre- <laughs> that was impressive, right? And I, I kind of I stopped paying this. attention to your analysis after that. Like, man, that. <laughs> So Adam, like, Adamopoulos, man. It's a good name. He is. And, and <laughs> let's, let's give a little backstory to this. We kind of got into mm-hmm. it a little bit at the beginning is, you know, I think this is a, this is a, an interesting recruitment because this is not a guy that I think a month ago, the Notre Dame staff would have thought, yeah, we're going to, we're going to make a really hard push for this kid. You know, right. I think they were still sorting out their board and there's still a lot of guys they like, I think they're going to take at least, they want to take at least three linebackers in this class. They'll take a fourth. If it's a guy that can play, Like, legitimately play multiple positions. I don't think Zinter would count as that guy. I'm talking about a guy that could play Rover, could play safety, or a guy that could play Rover and or linebacker and defensive end. I mean, a Mm -hmm. genuine two way player or, you know, or a Ronan Hanfen guy. Yeah. But, uh, you know, but, but what I liked about it though was they made a move on him for some reason. Right. And so when the reports came out from other sources, I think it was Tom Lloyd reported that Notre Dame was cooling on on Phil Pachati. Mm-hmm. I kind of reached out to my sources and said, hey, you know what? What what happened is do you not like this kid? And they're like, no, we still love them. And basically you kind of get into it was this is more about press and center than it is about about phil pacciotti or anybody else it's this kid has really impressed us with what he's with what he's done i think he you saw if you go to the the front page of Irishbreakdown.com, because like brian you, ryan you and i were talking about when we watched this film like he looks about what like six one and a half six two maybe on junior film you know not real long yeah then you see a picture of him at notre dame with marcus freeman and he's at least a good inch and a half taller than marcus freeman and,
3: and marcus, marcus freeman is like six, six one, one.
1: He- He's yeah. six one and a half. Yeah, I mean, I've mm-hmm. I've had a chance to meet Coach Freeman, and I'm six foot. He's at least an inch taller than I am, you know. And so mm-hmm. you're like, so this kid hit a spurt, and I think that was one of the things that that was sort of that final push for Notre Dame. Like, okay, some of the some of the things that we we liked certain things about him, right. but you know, maybe there's some other guys that fit in an, at an, a, a, a body profile a little bit better. Once he checked that box off, it was kind of like, okay, it's time to. This is a kid that 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 you want to have. So it was really interesting how this whole thing changed because, as you said, you know what we were hearing from Notre Dame was from my sources at Notre Dame was we're not in a in a hurry to to uh, go with anybody. We're not in a hurry to to fill this linebacker class out. You know, we're going to be lower. On, you know, we we can we can be lower on numbers if we need to be. Uh, mm-hmm. we can, you know, we can, we can take our time, shoot for big fish, that kind of thing. And then like two weeks later, Preston enters in the class, right. Who two weeks ago, maybe, you know, people didn't think he would be that kind of guy. And then from your conversations with him, it didn't seem like he was in a hurry. So whatever happened during that visit, I, I think him and Drake Bowen kind of clicked. I think he got along well with the commits, like, like Brendan Vernon yeah. and, and Drake Bowen, but both sides on this realized like, dude, this has got to, this has got to happen. We've got to, we, we want you, you want us. Let's, let's make this thing happen.
2: Yeah. Now, when I spoke to him, I was much more convinced that this was going to kind of be a summer deal, right? Like before the mm-hmm. season, because I, I thought he was going to take more visits. It sounded like, cause like I told you, I told everybody at the beginning, if you missed it, the two weeks prior to the junior day visit, 20 schools, 20 plus schools had been into central Catholic to talk to him. And he was overwhelmed. He was like, I'm just trying to sort everything out right now. Like there's a lot of schools that have kind of shown me interest. And then I, I know that obviously a lot of people probably speculated at some points that like, you know, his brother plays at Michigan, right? He's got a Michigan offer. That's got to be something that that stuck. Mm-hmm. But when I, when I talk to coach Adamopoulos and again, that's going to kind of be in the uh, the article that's going to be out here soon on Irish breakdown, just kind of the insight into the coaches um, side of the recruiting. It, Michigan never had an inside track. Mm-hmm. Press Preston always wanted to do his own thing. He always wanted to make his own mark. He wasn't trying to just you know get, make the Zinter pipeline to Michigan. He wanted mm-hmm. to he wanted to go where fit best for him. And that junior day, I guess you know, it obviously sealed the deal for him. <laughs>
1: Well, let's not let's not forget too that that I know you haven't forgotten this, Ryan. But I want to mm-hmm. remind everybody else: if Notre Dame would have take would have if Zach Center would have been a take for Notre Dame, he would have picked Notre Dame. I mean, he wanted Notre Dame. I mean, this right. is a family that they he would have chosen Notre Dame in 2019. Which you could look back and say, "Boy, that was a mistake," because they only ended up only with two offensive linemen in that class: Tosh Baker and Michael Carbine. He Came up short on numbers because they tried to be real picky and then lost mm-hmm. on all their top guys and then decided to you know move on Michael Carmody late they could have still had Zach Zinter at that time and taken both him and Michael Carmody but for mm-hmm. whatever reason the staff decided not to and he is it's worked out for him because he yeah. went to Michigan and was a starter on a team that um that uh won the Joe Moore award for for yeah. Michigan this year
2: absolutely yeah no and he started I, I believe every game at right guard and he's a good football mm-hmm. player obviously and you know, I, th- I think uh, the exciting part too is that I mean, his brother is a 6'6", 320 plus pound offensive guard, right? I mean, mm-hmm. we're already talking about Preston at uh, junior in high school that's six foot three. You know, could he have another growth spurt ready? You know, could mm-hmm. he get maybe get another inch or so? And I know someone put in the chat, I think that said, you know, no more six foot short. Uh, here it is, no more right. six foot short armed linebackers, right? That's not Preston Center. He has right. that length and he and has that growth potential. And if
1: you're gonna take a guy like that. Right. Six foot short arm linebacker. He better have something special. Uh, He better be like a four, four, eight or a four, five, one kind of runner. You know, he better, be. you know, he, I mean like Jaden Osbury is kind of a six foot, not real long linebacker. I'm taking him because he's a, you know, (laughs) Yeah. but if you're, if he's not that, then, then you, you shouldn't take him. And I think that's something we've seen from Marcus Freeman is length is a premium. Like Jalen Snead's not that tall. Jalen's only about six, one and a half, but he's long. Yes, he He's is. He's very long, and I think that's something that that clearly that Notre Dame is looking for. We do have a couple little – have a super sticker from Ali Muhammad. Thank you, Ali, for that. I haven't seen you in the chat in a while. Glad to have you back with us. Brandon Plensinger says this. I think this is a, an interesting take. Brandon says, I like Pachati more, but I think the staff wants Zinter now. Uh, the reason I think why the staff wants Zinter now is his versatility. Notre Dame got a thumper inside linebacker last cycle and now a more athletic, versatile inside linebacker. I think there's something to that, Brandon. I, I think, think so Pachati is more of a pure Mike. I Downhill think to kid. his point,
0: where yeah. Zinter
1: is a Mike, they project him as a Mike, but there's some Will potential there, where with Pachati, he's just a Mike. Well, the problem is Junior to Alamaka is pretty much just a Mike. You can't right. fill up on too many just Mikes. Like we've talked about from an assignment standpoint, Mike and Will are interchangeable. But from sure. a skill set standpoint, there can be differences there you can play Mike but not be able to play will because you're not great in coverage and you're not quite as rangy if you mm-hmm. can play will you can play Mike in most instances it's not always the other way around and so sure. just so people understand what we what we mean by that but we're going to dive into some film here too Ryan I want to get into a little bit of film here uh a, a, about this young man I think he is a like I said I I, I like this kid I, you know, I think his national ranking I think rivals has him at number 214. I think three mm-hmm. of the four major services have him as a four star. You know, to yeah. me, he is that two top two fifty caliber guy. He is mm-hmm. he is um, you know, not a guy that I'm right now I have as like a top hundred recruit, but he's a guy that I definitely view as a you know, this is a guy that you that you you look at and say this is a good football player now with a yeah. ceiling to be even better, potentially. Yeah. Now, the problem with ceiling guys is they don't always they don't it always pan, pan out, out right? Sure. Uh, Mm -hmm. There's always a little bit more work to do with those kind of guys, but that's what Notre Dame is banking on. And I I think before we dive into the film too, I think that's something that we're we're definitely seeing a lot more with Marcus Freeman. Mm -hmm. I feel like with Brian Kelly and his staff, they focused a lot more on the floor with the exception of maybe D-line because I thought Mike Elson was really good at finding upside guys. But at a lot of positions, they looked at the floor and hey, this is a smart kid, he's heady, he's at least going to be Drew White, he's at least going to be J.D. Bertrand, he's at least mm-hmm. going to be you know, those type of players. And it really seems to me that Marcus Freeman and his staff at all positions are focusing more and more and more on the ceiling. And that's yeah. why you look at Gobira, Tyson Ford, Sneed, Burnham, yeah. Ziegler, Benjamin Morrison. I mean, even Jaden Bellamy, who they like a lot more than I do, the, the mm-hmm. whole discussion is what we think he can be, and sure. and that's that's a change. Even on offense with Price and and Merriweather and Raritan and Stace, they they uh, Emil w- Wagner, at offensive line, right? Ty Chan on the offensive line, Ashton Craig on the offensive line. You know, we, we're we're seeing a little bit on offense, but especially on defense, you're seeing upside being the focus, and yeah. I think that's smart. Now, if you can find a guy with a high ceiling and a high floor. You know, that's that's Keon Keeley. That's Brennan Vernon. You know, Mm -hmm. that's that's Malik Muhammad. That's Justin Rett. That's Peyton Bowen. You know, obviously, those are the guys you ultimately want. But the fact that they're focusing on like if you're going to take a chance on a Pachati, I I said to a friend like this, Ryan, you tell me if you agree. Phil Pachati today as of February 11th is a better player than Preston Zenter in my opinion. No argument, yep. In two years, if they both reach their full potential, I think Preston Zinter's a better football player than Phil Pachotti. That's kind of how I look at it, and that's how I think the Notre Dame staff looks at it.
2: Yeah, no, I, I I definitely, I subscribe to that that line of thinking because, again, Preston's been asked to do a lot more for his high school than, like, you, you mentioned Phil Pachotti. Phil Pachotti is a downhill, explosive, long kid, right? Like, that's what he does. But Preston Zinter in, in the system is asked, to cover slot receivers, play over tight ends, play stacked positions, do a lot of different things, rush off the edge. So he's shown the ability to kind of affect the game in multiple ways. So that toolbox, I think the upside is substantial. And I also think, Brian, that, you know, when we're talking about, you know, going for upside a little bit, I think that that shows absolute trust in your coaching staff that mm-hmm. you can get those guys to a certain point, right? Like, I, I feel like sometimes if you go to the floor, that's just saying, like, you know, we're just, we're, hesitant on our development a little bit and I, i'm not taking a shot at coach kelly or you know if that was the line of thinking but i just think that when you do subscribe to hey we're going to take a little bit of a gamble on some upside at times but we think we can capitalize because mm-hmm. we have trust in our coaching staff i think that speaks volumes and i'm excited for that line of thinking and i think that th- you know <laughs> i think that we're seeing some evidence of it and i i mean we'll see how it works out but i i really do like that they're they have obviously some they have some confidence in their coaching abilities right. right now, I would say.
1: Right. And yeah, that's that's exactly right. I think a lot of it has to do with their coaching ability, but also Matt Bayless. I think that's oh, a absolutely. Big part of it too. Development and in
2: general. Yep. Yeah,
1: you give this kid, you give them a guy like this and he's going to blow up. And I think to your point, I mean, you saw him sitting next to his dad. His dad does not appear to be a very small guy, right? No. His older brother's 6'6", <laughs> six, six, 300 plus pounds. I mean, this kid's got another growth burden, he's already hit one. I'm telling you, this kid grew at least an inch. Since the last time Notre Dame saw him, I'm, I'm just tell, I'm yeah. just telling you by looking at his junior film and just hearing some of the things that was were said about him before, it was like mm-hmm. we really like him, but we really like him, but well, the butt got negated the last time they met him because he was bigger. He was just ta- I mean, you just yeah. I'm tell- go look at the picture on the front page of IrishBreakdown.com and you'll see what I'm talking about. Like this is this kid, this kid got bigger, and I think that was the final the straw for Notre Dame is they always loved how he moved. Yeah. And and it's now it's about okay now he's got the size and the length to, to to match that and I think that's what they were looking for. You you remember a few weeks ago when I I texted you about Zinter, right and I
2: was I was asking what you thought he what his height was because I thought he was six two you know right. and then like you said you see the recent photos and you're like oh okay this kid looks like he may yeah. have sprouted a little bit
1: so right. I, I, I if, mean, he's, if he's if he's six two Marcus Freeman has yeah. shrunk. Right, right. You know, exactly. you know what I mean? Like exactly. uh, to, to put it into perspective, like his nose is at the top of Marcus Freeman's forehead. I mean, like if you look at that, I'm looking at that picture now at, at, at IrishBreakdown.com. But uh, they they like the kid. So you know, I think if you want to disagree with this commitment, I think I what I is get off of um, of the discussion of they should have waited. They rushed into this one, all those type of things. What I'm just – I'm just telling you right now, this was a thing where they – they somebody said to me on the message board, there's a lot of big-time linebackers on the board. Why shouldn't they have waited on one of those guys? And my response was because they think he is one of those guys, right. right? This was not a, gee, we have to fill spots. you know. Notre Dame could have got away with only two linebackers in this class. They knew that, right? Mm-hmm. But there's a reason they took this kid because they viewed him. So I think the discussion needs to move away from – You know the timing of it, should they have taken him now, should they have waited, and and get into, okay, do you agree with their evaluation of him or not? Because that's where this comes down to. They did not take him because they felt a need to take him to fill a spot or, gee, we're going to get left out in the cold. Trust me, Marcus Freeman has enough confidence in himself as a recruiter that he's not going to be afraid to go down to Texas and battle for Anthony Hill or down to Louisiana and battle for Jaden Osbury or down to Florida and battle for Troy Bowles. Trust me. The, the, he, he thinks he can get those guys and he hasn't even hired his linebackers coach yet, right? <laughs> right? And so this is about they think this kid can really play. And so now if you you could, I, I think it's debatable for that because what, what we don't do here, we don't do the whole just trust the coaches thing here, right? Like coaches make mistakes, right? And this is a place where we're allowed to have those conversations. So if you don't think the kid can play, you're welcome to voice that opinion. But all I'm simply saying is, Don't let's not focus on the timing aspect of it because they view, they don't view this as that they think this kid is a top linebacker. That's where the conversation should be is whether or not they are correct or not about that. And I think that would be, that would be a bigger, a bigger conversation to have. And I think that's where, that's where we can do it. I'll have you answer this question, Ryan, Bronx ND fan. I haven't seen Mm -hmm. you chat in the chat for a while, Bronx ND fan. So good to see you posting in this one. It says, what's the kid's upside potential from a physical perspective, speed, strength, and weight? Well, I would say, so he's right now
2: right about six foot three. I would say, and let me know if you disagree with this, Brian, I would say 230, 235, he could play at pretty pretty yeah. easily, I think, right? Like, I, yeah. I don't know if it's going to go much more than that. Um, but he definitely has, I mean, right now he's about 215, 220. So there's still a substantial weight gain that's going to happen. I think speed-wise, uh, I think he's. I, I would call him more flexible than I would call him straight line fast. If that makes sense, like I think his sp- straight line speed is is good. It's efficient. Um, but I think that I think the thing that he does was well I think he does navigate space pretty well. And I think he actually does move laterally pretty well and kind of redirect in space.
1: Strength wise, physical. That right there is the difference between him and Pachati in my opinion. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think Pachati's is a little bit more explosive downhill or sure short area, like short area, right. like. Step to power is a little bit better. I think Zinter has more – I mean, there's some clips where you'll see him catch a pass and take off running, and you're like, okay, this kid's got some speed, right? Yeah. But I think the thing you talked about, and this is very important for a linebacker, is the change of direction, the lateral quickness, those things, the balance, the agility, I think those Mm -hmm. things are better with Zinter than Pachati. And I think it's – look, they viewed both of them as really good football players. If they're going to err on the side of – of who to take they're going to take the guy with the higher ceiling and the better athlete and i think there's no doubt in my opinion that zinter is the better athlete we'll Mm -hmm. find out if he's the better football player you know because as i said i think we both agree that right now today if i'm starting a high school football team Based on Mm -hmm. what we saw from junior film, Phil Pichotti is a better Mike linebacker than Preston Zinter, mainly because Preston Zinter doesn't play Mike linebacker.
2: That's that's what I was going to say
1: is it's a projection, right? Like they like him at Mike. He doesn't
2: even play Mike for his own school. He plays outside linebacker in a 3-4. He's playing on the ball a ton. He's playing out in space. So it is a projection. But I think when you just kind of see the skill set he has, they think that it parlays to a good Mike linebacker. And I don't disagree. I think when you kind of – you know, I think when you kind of put everything in a row, right, and you just kind of think about the, the intangibles that make a good Mike linebacker, I think that Zinter has all
1: those tools. And mm-hmm.
2: I think the projection makes a lot of sense.
1: So, Ryan, let's dive into a little bit of film here. And uh, let's take a look at – let's take a look at – we are joined by my man Vince D'Addario. Vince, you go ahead and get a – you can get a swig, buddy. No, yeah. all good. <laughs> you we're gonna dive dive into, yeah, we're going to dive into some film here of of this young man. Excellent. And uh, we'll see. And then what you guys are going to see is how's the color on that look good?
3: Beautiful. Yep, okay.
1: Because I still have the same problem I had the other day, Vince. Oh, okay. All right. So let's dive into some film here. This is Preston Zinter for Lawrence Central Catholic. You guys go ahead and take it away. So, okay, we're this connection today is not being very friendly with me. Give me a second, folks. No problem. Mm-hmm. Time. So, uh, Vince, you have a you have some thoughts you want to share about Preston Zinter here?
3: No, I'm excited. I think um, I think we kind of anticipated this, and and obviously that's a good thing. But uh, I, I'm excited about him. I think it just adds to this this linebacker. Can we can we call it linebacker you yet? At least for a couple years here. I, I mean, I'm I'm enjoying what Marcus Freeman is doing at linebacker. That's for darn sure. And and uh, obviously hoping that his Midas touch can spread out to the rest of the team and uh but'm I'm, I'm really excited about this kid i i think this kid is is a dynamic playmaker and excited that he's going to be part of the 23 class for sure no question about that
2: yeah and brian i know why you're getting that um, up i know chris asked does he still play tight end yes he still is a two-way guy for central Catholic he, there
1: he plays some receiver as well he's not just yeah. a, i mean they split you're, him you're, out you're, yep. you'll see his first highlight film is him playing outside as more of a wide receiver than than a uh than a uh a tight end lie. so let's yeah let's see if this works now get this going technology
3: is right. beautiful when it works everybody
1: i know i yeah. ah, see it froze again so i don't know what the heck mm-hmm. is going on there's clearly something going on on my end so i apologize you want me to I'll see if i it. can get it on my end yeah I'm well you super... have a, do you have a second monitor that you could that you can use to put, bring it up Ooh. on
3: yeah, see, that's, that's the problem. You're hilarious. Um, yeah, I know, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I can Vince bring you- up a different tab, but yeah, Vince, yeah
2: you don't have you don't have it in with a with a uh, tech guy at your school. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'm gonna have to step. I mean, look, I brought the flag into the teachers' lounge. I mean, you know, that's one step at <laughs> a time here. <laughs> so. So this this is why i'm
1: so we can kind of share a little bit of why i'm sort of excited vince you you know vince and i had a little interaction last night where it was like 9 30 and i texted vince <laughs> and i said hey man i'm really excited and he said why i said well you got to jump into this chat that i this this stream that i started and so we uh we got into the stream and and i showed him the new one that we, have. So we had you know we've been trying for months to try to be able to do some film breakdowns and things like that and what was happening was we couldn't connect it to we couldn't connect it to like when we would connect it, we would just lose we would just drop out. and we, was slow, I've had yeah. issues with stream with me. even now i'm I'm dropping out right now. And what was happening was is I just had an older version of my iMac, and so it wouldn't connect with like modern stuff. Well, my new iMac arrived this week. I got it set up last night. We ran a test and it went swimmingly. So, if I, it's not quite fully set up yet, which is why I'm not doing today's stream from <laughs> I was there. wondering, yeah. But I'm really getting ready to just say, screw this, and just switch the computers out real quick and jump in here because I'm really <laughs> getting annoyed that I can't watch
3: this film. So, I know, um, right? Actually, I, still, I think I still, it's still spinning. So, yeah,
1: it is. It is. So, it is what it is. So, we're not going to have film of Preston's Inter for some ungodly reason. That is just deciding not to work. So, uh, why don't you guys go ahead and answer some questions about Preston Zinter? I'm gonna check out of here and see if I can get this switched
3: over. Okay, and then we'll we'll go from there. All Sounds right? good, brother man. Yeah. Okay. Let's see what we got. Okay, that the starred one is for the mailbag.
1: I think too. Mm-hmm. While we're kind of waiting, Ryan, I I think maybe yep. you could kind of chat about sort of what's next for Notre Dame. You know, and yeah, I, think let's do that. <clears throat> I think obviously, I think obviously, as you look at this, I think. They're going to, I think they'll take a third inside linebacker. I think they would Mm. if it's the right guy. But I think the focus right now is probably going to be on guys that could, could, could play, could play Rover or will obviously Drake bone could play Rover or will. So I think there's another guy like that. So that's, I think kind of the conversation and just who you think some top guys are that they should, they should look at.
2: Yeah, no, we can do that for sure. Um, so kind of going off of that pathway, and then we'll maybe go into if there's any questions in the chat. So like Brian said, I thought the number was probably two, um, but apparently, you know, there is a, a potential need for a third linebacker. And I think that the – because we just – we're talking obviously about Preston Zinter, who is much more the Mike, you know, sh- structurally, right? Like he's, he's an a inside guy, guy. yeah. Yeah, he's a he's a pure he's a pure inside guy. The the staff does think that he can play well as well. But either way, he's going to be an inside linebacker in this system. Um, Drake Bowen, who I already had a commit from out of out of Indiana, the in-state kid. He, of course, is more he's a he's a will preferred for me. But also we've talked about the layer that he is going to play baseball at Notre Dame as well. So how much weight is he going to gain? Right. Like he might keep his weight around that 215 to 220 range. So he could potentially be a rover in that system. So finding another guy that kind of fits a similar mold, I think Rover will, would be an interesting conversation. I know Sam uh, uh, Mempemba down there at IMG Academy is a kid that everyone, uh, that everyone is extremely excited about. He's 6'4, 230, but he plays a lot in space already. And he would be a very odd body type for a Rover. But if you get a player like him, maybe he's your will. Drake Bowen goes over to Rover and you kind of get, you know, three very different body types and three exciting um, comparative to one another type of players. Jay Nosberry is one that Brian talks about a little bit down there in Louisiana. He is like a pure will type of player. He's six foot right around 200, 205 pounds. So he's not, you know, comparatively speaking, the biggest linebacker obviously, but what he is is he's a true running chase. will, extremely explosive, a lot more physical than you would expect for a guy his size as well. So um, I think that he would be an interesting fit, especially if their outlook eventually is Drake Bowen can be a Rover. If his weight gain is not going to be quite what we think it is, but if he, I mean, if he, if it is to the point where he can get up to 225, 230, I think Drake Bowen is ultimately the will. So, okay.
3: Okay. There's
2: a couple guys that are on the board.
3: Yeah. Okay. We got a couple questions about uh, Preston. So here we go. Bronx ND fan, how's the competition that he plays against? I know he plays in Massachusetts, I believe. Yes. Um, so you can speak to the competition probably a little better than I can.
2: Yeah. No. Um, so it's good competition comparative to what Massachusetts plays, right? Traditionally, and I put out an a article this morning, and I think everyone should just go take a look at it. It talks, historically speaking, the talent that has come out of the state of Massachusetts. And this year specifically – We're talking about obviously Preston Zinter is already in the class. They still are high on Ronan Hannafin, who's the wide receiver, you know, could play defensive back also on defense. Um, And of course, uh, Samuel Okunlola, who is a five star offensive tackle out of the state of Massachusetts as well. So they're heavy. I mean, right now, you got to feel good about where they are with Ronan Hannafin. Um, And then, of course, Coach Stan and the staff is making a big push for Samuel Okunlola. So this could be a, tremendous year in the state of Massachusetts. And I went back and I did a lot of research. Preston Zinner is just the seventh player from the state of Massachusetts to sign with Notre Dame in the last 25 years. So it is, and they have never had more than one player sign in a single class from the state of Massachusetts. And
3: they're on three, you said. Yes. Yep. It
2: could be a a huge year. Yes.
3: I
1: think that number's eight because the guy that you left out of your article is Barry Gallup. I understand why you left him out of your article. <laughs> why is that? Because <laughs> he wasn't very good, <laughs> and his dad was the AD at BC at the time. But uh, uh, okay. yeah, so it was one of those like, oh yeah, was he a walk on? <laughs> so, I mean, I'm sorry, I'm still working yeah. on this, but I just had to jump in and, and say that because <laughs> I just love talking about Barry Gallup. This <laughs> is those just weird love Charlie talking White about Barry Gallup. <laughs> <laughs> just like mentioning the name. And it's I mean, how often I do remember I get a the kid. To, how often do I get good. a chance to say to bring up Barry Gallup in a conversation? Not often. Know? So like <laughs> when I when I get to do it, I gotta take I gotta take full advantage. You know, I gotta take full advantage. Sorry. Yeah. Oh my goodness gracious. Well, no, that's, all right. So to be corrected, eight players in the last twenty-five
2: years. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh, but still, man. either way. Either way, still only one that – they've never signed more than one player from the state of Massachusetts. And this year, Massachusetts in the first time in 24-7 sports history they have a five-star recruit in, S- in Samson Okanola. So it is a, a rich year for – I mean, there's a, a safety also. I forget his name that's in Massachusetts this year. That's a heavy lean towards uh, Georgia right now. So they have some talent in the state of Massachusetts this year, which is super interesting. And I never thought I would come into it with my first cycle where – Winning the state of Massachusetts is such a big, dude. Uh, big, big for Notre Dame this year, but it's 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 pretty interesting to see. And um, yeah, I, I would go check out that article because I mean, obviously, last cycle, twenty twenty two, they signed Ty Chan out of Massachusetts. Jay Brunel was a guy in twenty twenty. Before that, the last guy was Justin Yoon, in, in twenty fifteen, and before that, I uh, think. 2013 was John Metellus, who was a guard, switched to yep. defensive tackle. Mm-hmm. He ended up transferring, and then before that, there was like two guys in the 2000s. So it's it's not been a you know a, a history of great recruiting wins or you know big right. recruiting time presence in Massachusetts for obvious reasons, right? Like there's not usually yeah. a ton of great talent, but there there have been, of course, through the years. Guys like A.J. Dillon, the Lindstrom brothers, like this Hunter Long, Pat Fryermuth. there's still been guys. And I just find it really interesting that one of the priority states this year, at least comparative to what they usually produce in talent, Notre Dame is in Massachusetts this year.
0: With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
3: I'm very annoyed right now. He moves well for a uh, a big man. I can tell you that much. Yes, he does. Yeah. Yeah. I
1: mean, and, and again, the the feet, I like you. Know, what you were going to see in some of that stuff. I don't know what the heck's going on today, guys, with this whole thing. It's driving me crazy. But uh, it did force me to get my new computer set up. So as you can see, I'm on the new computer. So color a little bit different and a little bit sharper image. And, you know, we'll find out if the if it's any more clear. But uh, yeah, so the, a big, big pickup for Notre Dame. Big pickup no for Notre Dame. Brian, can I, I, can, I pull, know,
2: I, can I pull up this question real quick? Why isn't UMass better? I think that's just
1: hysterical. Yeah, because the best win. players don't go to UMass. <laughs> right,
2: right. Yeah, I mean, historically speaking, most of them go to Boston College, right? Now Notre right. Dame has their presence. Michigan's right. had a couple wins
1: in Massachusetts. Those right. kids just
2: don't stay in state. It's just very simple. They'll go to
1: Rutgers or anywhere but UMass. Right. I mean, <laughs> right. you know, and, you know, I've always kind of had a negative view of UMass. We played a team when I was at Muhlenberg College. We played a, a there's this UMass, there's this league that's just all the UMass schools, right? UMass Dartmouth and all these different schools. And we played Dartmouth in the playoff and they were like 11-0. I mean, and they were so small. I mean, we just, mm-hmm. we, annihilated It's like 56-6, to we beat them in the playoff, playoffs. And it was just like, you know, that's kind of what you see in Massachusetts. You see these smaller, you know, Gritty D3 guy, type I mean, yeah. of kids. Yeah, uh, but they're uh, not. And that's what we're seeing now is we're seeing, you know, we're seeing Massachusetts producing like legitimately – good football yeah. players. I mean, AJ Dillon. Imagine what things yes. would have been like if Notre Dame would have made would have made the right decision and gone for AJ Dillon instead of CJ Holmes. And yeah. you know what was funny is the, the whole thing about, oh well, you know, he wasn't athletic enough. I mean, we watched that kid run a run the fast. They they Notre Dame at their Irish invasion used to have this sprint from midfield into the end zone. They did it like a competition, but they were just seeing, you know, how guys could run. And AJ Dillon smoked all the other running backs. Yep. Linebackers. I mean just smoked them. And yet yeah. Autry Denson, the gift that keeps on giving. You know, so. But I mean, think about that. You'd have had, you'd have had Josh Adams and A.J. Dillon running behind the 2017 offensive line. Ugh. Like that would have been fun. And, <laughs> fun and way Brian,
2: to yeah. Brian, to kind of um, emphasize your your note about, you know, Massachusetts, obviously getting a little, mm-hmm. you know, some higher ranked recruits. Um, you know, when we kind of look at, uh, a coach, uh, the coach again for central Catholic, uh, coach Adamopoulos, who there will be a piece on, and I just love saying that name. So I'm just going to keep dropping mm-hmm. that name every chance I can. <laughs> um, he, uh, he told me, and you know, he's been at the school in 38 years and he said he's had kids, you know, Yale, New Hampshire, like that type of, of school, right? Like FCS programs, Ivy league schools. And just two of the last, now I guess three years, right? With with uh, Zach Zinner, the older brother of Press, and now he's had Michigan and Notre Dame in a couple years. So just kind of to emphasize, mm-hmm. kind of the
1: the influx of talent, I guess we're getting in Massachusetts. Well, in Oak and Lola's older brother. Uh, now, yeah. not all these kids are from Massachusetts. That's the other thing is there's a lot of right. boarding schools. Like Justin Yoon, for example, was actually his family lived in Tennessee. He right. went to the school he went to as it was a boarding school. So some of these kids aren't actually Massachusetts natives. Right. It's just they're mm-hmm. going to school in Massachusetts. I think I think do add to that, but that's not the case for the Zinters. They're right. they're Massachusetts natives. I don't believe that's the case for Tai Chan, for example. It wasn't the case for Jay Brunel. It's just overall, some of these kids aren't necessarily native New Englanders, or they right. may be coming from other areas. It's just there's some really good schools apparently, some really good boarding schools in the state of Massachusetts. Apparently. So. Uh, which is why a lot of those schools feed the, the Ivies. And, I mean, if sure. you think about it, it's really smart. I mean, you're right there in the backyard of how exactly. many different Ivy League schools and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, yep. uh, And that's what you're seeing. I mean, you're seeing more kids going to schools like that to get that opportunity to, to hey, be noticed. And the more sure. kids from these regions start going to places like Notre Dame and Michigan and Penn State, and Pitt, which is the example of Samson Okanlola's older brother, who just – he he was a 22 kid, right, Ryan? You were, you wrote him yep. Mm -hmm. He was a 22 kid signed with Pitt. Correct.
2: Yes. Yep. He had a, he had an older brother, a younger brother, older brother 2022 to Pitt. And then he also had another one in 2019 that I believe is at Merrimack now.
1: Yeah. So the more you see this, the more you're going to see some kids from different regions saying, Hey, look, I'm, I'm going to go up to this school. That's producing all these kids. And so, and I think that helps Notre Dame. I, I think this type of thing helps Notre Dame because if Massachusetts can start producing a kid or two like this a year, Notre Dame mm-hmm. should be able to have success from yes, there. Th- these I are agree. these are academic schools. Yep. These are academic families. I mean, Samson Lowell is not going to the high school he's going to it was a Thayer Academy because he wants to be recruited as a football player. If that were the case, he would be going so, you know one of the Northern Jersey schools, or he would be going you know down to you know down to IMG or something like that. These are academic schools.
3: Yeah, the makeup that, of the schools fit Notre Dame's makeup. Right. Like it, it fits. Right. The 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 type of player that Notre Dame generally in the past has gone after and will have right. success with, right? I mean, right. we we all know that the the recruiting at Notre Dame is changing. It's it's they're updating themselves, which is good, mm-hmm. but they're always going to have inroads at places like that. I mean, right. I, 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 they just will, and, and right I, if they can produce better players, that only helps Notre Dame. Right. And Sean,
1: Sean, we actually had a, we were kind of, Sean, Ryan and I were in a chat yesterday and we were kind of thinking about, you know, some recruiting topics we can do moving forward. And one of them is going to be, we're going to do a show breaking down. sort of what, what do the, the, what are the, base school that base regions need to be for notre dame like what's their home what do they need to have is like you have to dominate this where they need to have consistent success at and and where what regions do you need to maybe get more into nationally or sure you know those kind of things and we'll kind of break that all down but you know a little teaser here the northeast is going to be one of those regions where if the northeast produces a top 150 player notre dame's got to get them absolutely more often than not i mean like penn state's going to beat you every now and then ohio state may beat you every now and then but like you've got to be able to go into these regions and have success because, you know, Samson, Oakland, Lowell is normally, it's kind of like Blake Fisher, you know, Indiana in the North does not often produce kids like Blake Fisher. It's rare. It's like, it's like Jalen Smith is another example. You just don't see kids like Jalen Smith come out of Indiana or Ohio or Michigan. Right. Right. And, and Blake Fisher, you just don't see those six, six, 330 pound athletic high academic kids coming out of anywhere, much less Indiana. And it's the same thing here. You just don't see it. Samson Okanola's normally come from Georgia, Florida, Texas, Louisiana, California, regions that are a little bit tougher for Notre Dame. So when you do have kids like a, you know, when you do have a six foot three, 215 pound athletic kid in Massachusetts, you know, with good DNA, clearly you got to get those kids. Right. And right. same thing with Samson right. Oak, Lola Like when, when a kid like him comes along in, in Massachusetts, you've got to take yeah. advantage and get that kid and keep, and keep them, you know, keep them in the region because, there's not going to be many that come out of Northeast. There's just not going to be many, and Notre Dame needs to needs to to, to hammer that. They need to they need to be successful there. That's and going to be the key. I, and I just wanted okay. to bring
3: this up for Chris. And I and I agree with Chris. You you need to dominate Central Indiana. And I don't want to get too far into this because that's what you guys are going to talk about. But mm-hmm. it, it, look. Not everybody in Central Indiana, even though they're a great athlete, is a fit at Notre Dame, too. So, I mean, mm-hmm. that has to be taken into account. And they're I mean, not all yeah. Notre
1: Dame caliber athletes.
3: It, it, 100% and agree. Oregon
1: Central didn't have a kid on their
3: team this past year that was
1: right a Notre Dame talent,
3: in my right. opinion. It, it, absolutely. And so, you know? yes, they, Notre Dame should be able to go and get anybody in the state of Indiana that they want. They should be able to do that. I agree with you 100%, but it has to be mm-hmm. the right fit.
1: Mm-hmm. Right, right. So that's the thing is when a kid like the, these come along in those regions, you have to get them because they don't come along very often. Because look, right, you're not going to recruit Massachusetts for numbers, right? You're not going <laughs> to recruit Jersey and Connecticut for numbers. That's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about finding depth pieces there. We're talking about when the rare occasion comes along that you have a kid like a Samson Oak, and Lola like a Preston Zinter. And I would make the same case for Pennsylvania with like Rodney Gallagher. And we'll talk about this this week. When kids like mm-hmm. that come along in the north, which does not happen often, Notre Dame has to have a high, high batting percentage for those kind of guys. They have Agreed. to. And you know, that that's that's why that's what makes that's what makes Massachusetts this year really unique. Because mm-hmm. there are like Samson Oklahoma, like you said, Ryan, did you say the first ever five star recruit from the state of in, Massachusetts? And in twenty
2: four seven sports history, yep, yeah, first five star.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. And some, some of the responses here, I think some of you are missing the point. Where are the playmakers, though? We're not, we're not, hear what we're saying. We're talking about a couple kids a year, right? Mm-hmm. And if you can find those kids at certain positions a couple years, where are your playmakers? AJ Dillon in 2017, right? You should have gone and got him. They're not going to come along very often, but when you get them, you got, when they're there, you got to go get them. And then that supplements the other areas. That's the whole point. It's about using different regions uh you know that to 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 have success and build success success and that's kind of that that's that's what the key is at this point in time and that's yeah. remember end to be mm-hmm. so and then they'll get to those others and where the playmaker yeah. you're still going to find those in the same regions that they found them but if you now can find an offensive lineman a linebacker a running back a you know the occasional Rodney Gallagher. Where's the playmakers? Well, there's one near Philly named Rodney Gallagher that Notre Dame loves and wants. So, you know when those right. those, but the whole point is that it's rare that those kids are going to be in the North, and when they right. are, you got to get them. It's rare that there's a quarterback two and a half hours down the street in Detroit that that's mm-hmm. a, a elite player like Dante Moore. When they come along, you got to go get them, and yep. that that to me is the key, and that's yep. what makes the enter pick up. An important one because he can play, but I also think the, the you're continuing to establish yourself in the northeast exactly. back to where when there's a kid from the northeast that we want, we go get him. That's the, exactly. the mindset the learning coaches need to have, in my opinion. Yeah.
2: And it's not it's not obviously just a north focus, right? Like they're down in Florida talking to Jalen Brown, they're in Texas right. talking to, to Great House. There's you know, they're 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 all over the place, and right. and it's going to be, you know, they're down in Georgia talking to Caden Lee, who hasn't been offered yet, but they're, mm-hmm. they're still doing their due diligence. They're out in California talking to Rico Flores. Like there's right. there's guys on the horizon. Uh, to Brian's point, it's just when there are those kids yeah.
1: regionally that makes sense, you right. have to get them. It's like like we had an article yesterday about Chicago. Chicago's never going to be for Notre well, at least I don't see it unless major shifts. changes <laughs> happen, you know, demographic shifts happen again. And usually those take about a decade to really pay off when those changes do happen, like it took a while for North Carolina to benefit from a recruiting football standpoint, from the population shifts that were going to the Carolinas, but in barring a population shift or major changes to the, the academic situation in Northern Illinois, Chicago's never going to be the, the feeder program, the feeder area, like it was 20, 30 years ago, where, you know, back in the fifties, I mean, you could, uh, you know, talk to loose emoji. I mean, they'd get five, six, seven, eight guys a year from Chicago. And they're like big-time players. But when a Carnell Tate comes along, when a Caleb Brown comes along, you've got to get those guys, and that's the point. And, you know, you you just can't miss. You can't miss on those guys. And and Chris Ayers is kind of still hammering the central Indiana thing. Notre Dame didn't recruit David Bell very hard. I know he was a borderline academic kid. That's not accurate, Chris. Notre Dame recruited him very hard until – it got to the point where they realized he can't get into school. I mean, right. Brian Kelly was—he was one of the first kids from his class that Brian Kelly went and saw in person. When Brian Kelly goes and see a kid in person, that doesn't happen very often, and so that tells you what they thought of him. But he—they couldn't get him to school, exactly. Right? And that—that's just—that's the, the reality. reality. Is. I mean. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, when there's a kid from Indianapolis that can get into school and has that type of high-level profile, Notre Dame has gone down and gotten them more often than not. I mean, Zach Martin, Nick Martin, Blake Fisher. I mean, there's been plenty of guys from that region, but the reality is that region doesn't produce a lot of Notre Dame kids, either academically or or talent-wise. And people talk about Center Grove. Look, I know that Caden Curry was highly ranked, and he's a heck of a high school football player. He does not project to the next level as well. He just doesn't, in my opinion. Um, and there's I mean, he's not real big, he's not 6'5 like he's listed. He's a heck of a high school player, but Notre Dame made the evaluation that Tyson Ford and 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 Aiden Gobira are better. And I agree. I think they fit the system better. David Jackson, I'm sorry, just he's not a Notre Dame fit at quarterback. He just doesn't fit their system. And he's just, I wouldn't have recruited him. I saw him at a camp. And I'm like, I wouldn't touch this kid. Now, I do think at times that Dame does has in the past been a little harder on Indiana kids. Like, I'm sorry, they nitpicked George Karloftis. They should have had George Karloftis in, on the roster. Right? I mean, could you imagine yeah. this year with George Karloftis a big end and Isaiah Foskey and Viper? You know, like look, they 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 nitpicked him because of where he was from. It happens. Sure. sure. I'm not gonna say it doesn't happen. I'm not saying it's not gonna be perfect, but uh, again. I, I think the argument being made here is is one that doesn't make a lot of sense to me because we're not saying don't recruit Central Indiana, go to Massachusetts. I'm not saying that at
3: all, no. You're,
1: you're, you're kind of missing the point. It's like those type of kids don't come along very often in Notre Dame's backyard or regions in the north that Notre Dame is, is going to have more success than they would in certain regions. That's why they've got to get back to being more successful in northern Jersey. They can't mm-hmm. let that's why we Ryan's got an article that's that's gonna come out soon about DC. That's a that's a an area that Notre Dame should be having more success in, sure. Right. Sure. If you're building your entire you know roster around going down to Florida and Texas and California to build your roster, you're just you're just not gonna be where you need to be. And a perfect I mean Bama goes up to DC, they get yep. kids from there, they get kids from Jersey. Where's John Mechie from? Right? Mm-hmm. Where were the Kajondo brothers from? Right. Where was Terrell Hall from or Terrell Lewis? I forget which direction it went. He's, he's, you know? he's
2: Lewis now. He's Lewis, Lewis
1: now. now. So he was Terrell Hall and then went to Terrell Lewis. Yep. I mean, they've gone up there and found guys, right? And, and mm-hmm. Caleb Williams, where was he from? This is a Catholic school in D.C., right? So yeah. I think that's the point that needs to be made is, is there are certain regions, and we'll dive more into this uh, uh, right, next week in, when we talk about it, which I'm excited about those shows. But that's kind of the thing is that's why this is an important pickup beyond just this is a good player. Right. And, you, look, you know, you, you need I, to get – the when top kids come along, you just – Sure.
3: And, when that's, and that's the thing. In Indiana, it falls under that category. If there's a top kid in Indiana, you go down and get them. The thing is mm-hmm. football in Indiana isn't fantastic. Okay. Mm-hmm. I coached football in Indiana for for 15 years. Okay. And I've seen the cathedrals and, the you know, the, the Catholic schools in, in Fort Wayne and Indy and all of those different places – They're more the sum of their parts than they are individual talent is the best way to put it, okay? Mm -hmm. Look, where where I coach up here in northern Indiana, would I take the the guys that they have at Cathedral and and things like that? My former quarterback is the tight ends coach at Cathedral. And, and, I mean, he's living the dream down there. I mean, Mm -hmm. he's got some massive dudes, and they're great athletes, and they're great kids. But, again, it's the sum of the parts. It's not necessarily a standout kid who's going to be going to Notre Dame. And then, mm-hmm. then that's the point right. that I'm making.
1: In, in, in Notre Dame, but when those kids do come along, Notre Dame has to get them. Exactly. They exact. can't miss on Pete Warner. They can't not get right. Pete Warner. Right. right. And I don't 100%. care if they went four and eight. No. Look, they can't not get Pete Warner. Right. You know, yeah. Marquis Step was a situation where if it wasn't for academic hurdles, he would have been. in. He would have been here. Yeah, right. And, and so, but you can't you can't miss on the Pete Warners, right? You, you can't miss on the James Hursts who was an Indiana kid that went to North Carolina and became a, a draftable player. Ryan, do you remember where he was drafted? Do you remember he was drafted in the day two? Was he a day two pick? I feel like he was like third or fourth round. Uh, I, I, th- I, think, I, I, I think
2: it may have been sometime early day three, if I remember correctly. Okay. I'll look it up.
1: But you know, that's, that's the thing though, is like, yes, you're, you're right, Chris, they can't miss those guys. But what we're, and it's the same, but what I'm arguing is that, you're never going to have enough volume from that state. Actually, he went undrafted. I they thought he got drafted. drafted. Yeah, mm-hmm. I thought he got drafted because he was an All-American he's, guy. He's, he's been sticking around for seven years. Like, yeah, so seriously. Yeah. But so, so the point is, Indiana is never going to be a, 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 a p- state that's going to just provide Notre Dame with five, six, seven kids every year. Chicago's mm-hmm. not going to be that. Like, Ohio is going to give Ohio State at least – six or seven kids a year if they're if they're doing it right. Right? Michigan is always going to give them at least give the Wolverines at least four or five kids a year guaranteed right. in state like really good players. That's not the case in Notre Dame. There's going to be years where there's none. You know, right. and and you know, there that, that's the reality of it. There's going to be years where there's multiples. Like this year was a good year for Indiana. I mean, Notre Dame got two mm-hmm. really good offensive linemen from the state in 2023. Yeah. They're going to get one of the best linebackers in the country. From right in their backyard. I mean, it was yep, important yep. to get Drake Bowen, and that's the point. But it's it's one kid, right? It's 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 maybe two if there's a couple other kids you could look at, right?
3: And so again, Chris, this, this is my point right here. This so,
1: is of you're missing it, the point.
3: This this highlights my point. Carmel runs. Last time I checked, they run triple option with the double wing and the fullback and all of that it's the sum of the parts. Once again, that's a high school offense and they beat them by two points. Right. Okay. I mean, Andrean
1: went up to to Michigan and played Nolan Ziegler's private school and got beat by like 30. I mean, right. So we could do this dance all day. Right. (laughs) I mean, it's, you know, no one's saying that Indiana football is terrible. Right. But what I'm telling you is there's a reason why Notre Dame's not recruiting a bunch of Indiana kids every year. There's good football programs. It's like, why it's why why doesn't Ohio State get a kid from St. Ignatius every year? Mm-hmm. St. Ignatius is still a great high school football program, but right. they don't get kids from there every year. Why? Because exactly. they're not producing Ohio State caliber players all the time. They're great high school football teams, right? And that's mm-hmm. the whole point. And so, um, good God.
3: Now we're I'm, I'm done.
1: I'm done with it. We're moving on. Now we're splitting <laughs> <Come> hairs. <on. laughs> why yeah, isn't Indiana correct. and Purdue 12-0 every year then? I mean, Indiana recruits Central Indiana, right? Don't they get all the kids from there? Why do they? Why are they? Why are they like the second worst team in the Big Ten this year with all those Indiana kids? I don't understand it. So we're we're, we're moving on from this Notre Dame's not recruiting enough Indiana kids conversation. So uh, anything else you guys want to add about uh, about Preston Zinter before we move on to the mailbag? No, I I just I I think it's a good fit from
2: a lot of different angles. And I think that he fits with what Drake Bowen brings to the table stylistically. So Mm
1: I'm, I'm, I'm happy with the commitment for Notre Dame. Yeah. I think the interesting about, about Bowen is I do think there's a chance they could consider him a Rover. Yeah. Uh, And, and I think they'd like a Rover in this class, but, but I think part of that's going to be determined by the current roster. Sure. If they like, if they think Jalen Sneed can stay at Rover with Nolan Ziegler, I think it takes away some of the need to definitely get a Rover in this class. Like if you can get get one, you get one, but you don't need to force it, right? In, in my view, and so I think that does add a little bit of a little bit a little bit to the the conversations.